Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Therapy Chat Podcast, episode 286. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. Welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan, and today I'm bringing you an interview with Melody Wilding, who is the author of the new book, Trust Yourself, Stop Overthinking and Channel Your Emotions for Success at Work. Recently named one of Business Insider's most innovative coaches for her groundbreaking work on sensitive strivers, Melody's clients include CEOs, C-level executives, and managers at top Fortune 500 companies such as Google, HP, Facebook, Netflix, Twitter, IBM, Citibank, JP Morgan, and others. Melody has been featured on the New York Times, The Oprah Magazine, NBC News, and spoken at Stanford University, Walmart, Adweek, Burberry, and more. Her work is focused on helping people break free from self-doubt and imposter syndrome so they can use their sensitivity as the superpower that it is. Melody is a licensed social worker with a master's degree from Columbia University and a former researcher at Rutgers University. She's a professor of human behavior at Hunter College and a contributor to Harvard Business Review, Fast Company, Forbes, and Business Insider. As you can hear, my guest is very accomplished and her work focusing on sensitive strivers is something that I really hadn't been aware of until this book came out. But as soon as I looked into what it is, I realized that that is me. So... If you were listening to episode 285 last week with Jen Loudon, where we were talking about creativity, the creative process, and I was sharing just how much I've been struggling with my inner critic and imposter syndrome as I'm launching both the new podcast Trauma Chat and this Trauma Therapist Network website that is so near and dear to my heart. You'll hear me expressing the same stuff in this conversation with Melody. I don't know if it's helpful for you hearing my process, but you know, who I am is just, I try to be transparent about the struggles I have and don't try to make it seem as if I'm, I've got everything figured out. I mean, I would prefer to appear as if I had everything all figured out, but that's not 
a true human experience. A true human experience is that we all struggle. And lately, you know, in a lot of ways, I'm thriving. But when it comes to the stress and the pressure that a lot of it I'm putting on myself about these new projects, yeah, I've been struggling. So can't really hide it when I'm feeling that way, especially when talking about those exact dynamics in my conversation with Melody. So I hope you will enjoy listening and maybe you can relate to the the struggle of sensitive striving. Hopefully there's something that you can take away from our conversation. Let's dive right in. Thank you to Sunset Lake CBD for sponsoring this week's episode. Use promo code chat for 20% off your entire order at sunsetlakecbd.com. Sunset Lake CBD is a farmer owned small business that ships craft CBD products directly from their farm outside of Burlington, Vermont to your door. Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. They offer tinctures, edibles, salves, and coffee designed to help with sleep, stress, and sore muscles. Sunset Lake CBD customers support regenerative agriculture that preserves the health of the land and creates meaningful employment in the community. Farm workers are paid a living wage and employees own the majority of the company. Remember, use promo code CHAT to get 20% off your entire order at sunsetlakecbd.com. Therapists, do you feel stuck when working with clients who are numb and disconnected, who have trouble accessing emotion and exploring their inner experience? Learn a comprehensive approach to conceptualize your client's concerns. Sensory motor psychotherapy uniquely includes the body and therapy as both a source of information and a target for intervention because words are not enough. Go beyond theories and gain practical ways to open a new dimension for effective therapy. Visit Sensory Motor Psychotherapy Institute online at sensorymotor.org today. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan, and today I'm so happy to be interviewing Melody Wilding, LMSW. Melody, thanks so much for being my guest on Therapy Chat today. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm very honored. I've heard so much about your new book and your work. Your book is called Trust Yourself, Stop Overthinking and Channel Your Emotions for Success at Work. And it sounds awesome. I'm I'm reading it now and I'm really loving it. So I can't wait to talk to you about it. But before we even do, let's just start off by you telling our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do. In terms of professional background, so as you mentioned, yes, I am a licensed social worker here in New York, have my master's from Columbia University. And now what I do is mainly coaching, working with folks who I call sensitive strivers, which we'll talk a little bit more about. And I also teach human behavior at Hunter School of Social Work in New York, Silverman School of Social Work, and write for a number of different places, Harvard Business Review, Forbes, Quartz. So that's a little bit about my day to day. Yeah. And, you know, I guess I really like to know what made you decide to write this book. Mm -hmm. It was really the culmination of 10 years of coaching people who are this personality type and my personal experiences. So besides my psychology and and coaching background, all my life, I have been told that I am too sensitive. I have known that I am so affected by the environment and everything that happens around me. Being highly empathetic and being able to sense other people's emotions and some of the downsides of all of that, overthinking, holding on to criticism too long. 
And so it, it really is the culmination of both my own personal experiences and journey and what I have seen with my clients. And what I really wanted to do with this book was distill what I have done in coaching with clients and really create a more digestible format, but give people a roadmap for if I am someone who feels like right now, my sensitivity is the thing that is sabotaging me. It is the thing that is getting in my way because I don't understand it or know how to manage it. How do I leverage it correctly for greater professional success? So that's what the book is. It's really meant to be a guide to help someone on that journey. That's awesome. And, you know, I think our culture doesn't encourage people being really sensitive. You know, we're supposed to be tough and, you know, rugged and have grit and determination. And, you know, so many of us get sort of we find a way to be high achieving in spite of how scared we feel and how, Mm -hmm. you know, intense it can be at times. But then sometimes it's like, then, you know, you're constantly judging yourself for how you how sensitive you feel and that you Mm -hmm. shouldn't be this way because you really are getting that message so much. I'm wondering if, um, you know, Maybe you can just talk about what is a sensitive striver, Mm because I know as soon as I read it on the website, I was like, oh, (laughs) me. (laughs) (laughs) Hand raised. You nailed it. You nailed what the experience of being a sensitive striver is like. So put really simply, being a sensitive striver is at that intersection of high sensitivity and high achievement. So you are someone who thinks and feels everything more deeply but you're also very driven. You set high goals for yourself. You put a lot of pressure on yourself to succeed. So listeners may know about the idea of high sensitivity. This is, it's not new. I did not make this up. This comes from work of Dr. Elaine Aaron, who for over 30 years has researched the trait of high sensitivity. So what we know now is that about 15 to 30% of the population has this trait difference that leads to having a more highly calibrated nervous system. And that means we get more easily stressed, more easily overwhelmed, but we're also much more perceptive, observant. We take in the world around us and process it at a deeper level, which creates incredible creativity and insights. And then you combine that with the high achievement piece <laughs> where many of my clients, like you were saying, and certainly this is is my story that I was the A plus gold star, wanted to check all the boxes sort of kid that has grown up into the adult version of that, wanting to do everything right, do it well, not necessarily to climb the ladder, but because I am someone who enjoys pushing and challenging myself, the flip side of that coin is it does often come with a lot of self-criticism, judgment, imposter syndrome. And as sensitive strivers, we feel that at a deeper level and with greater intensity because of our depth of processing. Mm, That's pretty validating. (laughs) (laughs) So how are kind of talked about like how we get there or we get through to becoming, you know, high achieving and very sensitive people. But how do these traits show up in people's lives? I don't know if you want to talk about just Mm -hmm. at work or just overall. Sure. So because of the type of people I work with, I tend to work with a lot of leaders and managers at Fortune 500 companies. So the way we're the context that we're exploring these qualities is how they're showing up at work. But across the board, you may see things like experiencing your emotions to a high level of depth and complexity, having this desire to exceed expectations in everything that you do. 
needing time to think through decisions before you act. So if you are someone who needs time to pause before going into a new situation or needs time to transition when there's been a big change, that is definitely a sign. That's me. Yes. Being kind, compassionate, empathetic to others. Flip side of that, many times sensitive strivers will struggle with boundaries. We say yes too much. We tend to be people pleasers. And as a result of that, can struggle with burnout. So those are a few ways that it manifests. And like I said, yes, we tend to see this most often in people's professional lives, but it's really, you know, across the board. Yeah. And you know, it's so funny that you just described me again, but <laughs> it's, I don't know, maybe this is part of it or not. But for me, like I judge myself for being that way too. Oh, so yes. it's not just like, if I need more time to respond to an email, because I really need to think through what I want to say to get to, mm -hmm. you know, my best answer that's really, you know, from me, my highest self, it's like, you should be able to just do this. You know, I just mm -hmm. I'm so hard on myself about stuff like that. So is that part of it too? kind of even criticizing yourself for? Oh, yeah. Being? Meta, the meta <laughs> feeling bad for feeling bad. 100% because you have that awareness, you have such deep self awareness. And that's very true of of my clients that they will feel guilty about having to give uh, negative feedback to a direct report, for example, and then feel guilty for feeling guilty because that's their job. And they should be stronger as a manager and more confident by now. Right. So a lot of this comes back to what you were saying before that we are conditioned to believe that it's not okay to be sensitive, that this is something that you want to eradicate and get rid of, grow a thicker skin, stop taking things so personally is many things we hear all the time. And of course, we, we are immersed in a hustle culture where move as fast as you can be really quick on those sorts of things. And so we internalize a lot of those messages because the world around us is built for the other 70, 80% and not necessarily for us, which is why it's so important to be able to identify these traits in yourself and set up your work, your environment in a way that allows you to exercise your strengths and gives you space to operate in the way that you need to instead of trying to fit yourself into a different mold. Yeah, that's, you know, because that's the other thing is like the leadership training kind of world, I guess, in a lot of ways is, you know, I guess this is an overgeneralization, but it can it can seem like when you're trying to learn how to be a manager, it's like, well, don't take things personally and have good boundaries and things. And then you're just like, what's wrong with me? Why don't I mm -hmm. know how to do these things? And, you know, why is it seem so hard? So how, how do you, what kind of guidance do you give to people in the book or in your coaching mm -hmm. about how to be able to shift this, as you were saying? Sure. So the core framework that underlies the book that I think would be helpful to share is something called the strive framework. And I want to share this now because it's really essential to identifying where you're getting in the way, where you're getting in your own way the most. So then that you can create a more customized action plan for yourself of where you need to focus first. So I'll, I'll briefly go through it. Great. So strive stands for the six core qualities that make up what it means to be a sensitive striver. So first is probably unsurprisingly sensitivity. This specifically refers to sensory sensitivity. So that heightened nervous system response. So this means that we thrive best with routine and structure when we're well balanced, we have good self care, we're taking care of ourselves. 
if it's unbalanced, it looks like overstimulation, overwhelm, and also getting panicky when you feel you're under pressure or you're being evaluated. Then we have thoughtfulness. So thoughtfulness, uh, being highly self-aware, reflective, intuitive. We have that ability to see nuance, to synthesize information. If it's not managed correctly, can lead to overthinking, racing thoughts, overanalyzing just day-to-day experiences, self-criticism. Then we have responsibility. That is that sensitive strivers. We are, we are the person you want on your team <laughs> or in your family because we are dependable. We follow through. We are hardworking sometimes to a fault, but we can overfunction, right? We can take on more than our share of responsibility, including feeling responsible for other people's reactions and emotions and people pleasers, right? Say yes to everything. I got to hold the team up, which is all exhausting. And then we have inner drive. That is the ambition piece. So exceeding expectations, devoting a lot of energy to your professional pursuits or the ways you want to grow yourself, caring deeply about making an impact. Many times, though, we can set the bar way too high for success, perfectionistically high. And we just make our to-do list very long because there's so many things that we want to accomplish. We try to do it all. Then we have vigilance. So vigilance is that attunement to your surroundings, specifically other people's behavior. So you are probably someone who can sense when someone else is upset or there's something wrong with them. But if you're high alert in that way, it's like having your antenna constantly up scanning for information that's draining your battery at all times. So as sensitive people, we are wired to pause before acting because we're sort of the canary in the coal mine for risks and danger in the environment. So sometimes we can perceive danger where there is none, you know, assuming someone's behavior is out to get us, for example. And then last is emotionality. So sensitive strivers, you know, this one's pretty self-explanatory too. We have big emotions, complex reactions. We get the upside. We get the richness of positive emotions like joy and gratitude. We're also really great at understanding other people's motivations in order to be able to authentically influence them. That's why so many sensitive strivers make great healers and therapists and coaches. But we can get stuck in unpleasant feelings, annoyance, disappointment, anger, and stay stuck there if we don't have the tools to deal with it. So I wanted to offer this strive framework, and there's a tool in the book I call the Wheel of Balance. It's a play on the wheel of life, if anybody has ever used that in their practice. But it's a way to visually map where you are most imbalanced in these qualities and out of balance. And so when I was writing the book, the number one thing people would come to me and say at the start of coaching is, I have no idea where to start. Everything I'm facing just feels like this big intertwined ball. I'm self-critical and I'm stressed out, but then the stress affects the self-criticism. Where do I start? And so that's why I created this strive framework is to dimensionalize our qualities as sensitive strivers and help people prioritize where you want to focus first so you can be more specific about actions that are going to get you there. Hey, everybody. I wanted to take a quick minute to tell you about my experience with Sunset Lake CBD. I first tried CBD when my integrative doctor recommended it for chronic neck pain and tension that tends to wake me up at night. I really like Sunset Lake CBD's products. The full-spectrum CBD tincture is mild-tasting compared to others I've tried, and I find it works quickly. It doesn't feel sedating, but it does have a pleasant calming effect. And I also like the CBD gummies. They taste good and they work well. So if you're looking for a craft CBD product, 
that comes directly from a farm outside Burlington, Vermont, that's a producer for Ben and Jerry's ice cream, you're going to want to check out Sunset Lake CBD. And remember, Therapy Chat listeners get 20% off using the promo code CHAT. So go to sunsetlakecbd.com and use the promo code CHAT. That's awesome. See, this is what I was saying to you before we started recording is it's incredible how you've distilled all of this into, you know, an operationalization, you know, kind of, (laughs) I mean, I'm, I'm very impressed and also grateful because I'm like, again, the more you talk, I'm like, man, this is really, (laughs) really me. Well, you know, they teach what they say, you teach what you most need to learn. And that is absolutely true. So, you know, I have a very good uh, sample size in myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I love, you know, just how you're saying that, like, it's not about not being the way we are as sensitive strivers. It's really about adapting your environment so that you can thrive as a sensitive striver. Yeah. And that goes for your external environment as it does for your internal environment, because so many sensitive strivers are, are stuck in patterns of negative thinking, overthinking, self-criticism that keeps them in these negative uh, self-reinforcing spirals, right? Where we, we feel critical about ourselves or we think we have nothing to share. So we don't put ourselves out there, right? And that keeps you playing small. That keeps you comparing yourself to others about look at what everybody else is doing and I'm falling behind, right? So a lot of the book is really focused on how do you manage yourself internally to get better results externally? Okay. Um, so are you, are you willing to share any examples of some ways that people can manage themselves internally? Sure. So (laughs) much of the book is pulled from my training. My background as a social worker is largely in, uh, CBT act acceptance and commitment therapy, mindfulness, solution-based methods. So you'll see a lot of that in the book, but you'll also probably hear it in some of what I share. So one thing that my clients tend to find most helpful, and I I just find entertaining, is the idea of naming your inner critic, giving it an identity that is separate from you. And uh, anybody here who does this exercise with their client knows that it's helpful for psychological distancing to see yourself as separate from that negative critical voice you have in your head to get a moment of pause to have more agency over how do I want to think differently and what thoughts do I actually want guiding my actions? So my inner critic is named Bozo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yours might be Cruella DeVille, uh, whatever it may be, you know, the more lighthearted you can make it the better since it starts to change your relationship. Yeah. And I mean, that's so funny because, um, I know for me, and I know I'm not alone with this, when my inner critic is criticizing me or when I'm having imposter syndrome, I'm not saying this is imposter syndrome or this is my Mm -hmm. inner critic. I'm saying you're a failure. You can't do Mm -hmm. this. You know, what were you thinking, thinking you could do this, whatever. And I'm thinking though, that's true. Not Mm -hmm. that that's a thought or that that's a a judgment of myself. So Mm -hmm. it even helps just to call it an inner critic, but to really personify it more. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You, you start to see it as something separate from you. Yeah. And I like the idea of kind of making it like a almost cartoonish, um, Mm -hmm. bad guy type thing, (laughs) you know, (laughs) exactly. Awesome. So 
Yeah, that that seems really helpful. And did you want to share any? It kind of looks like you were wanting to say more, but I'm not sure. (laughs) Sure. So I can share sort of another little, I guess I'll call it a hack, especially has been prevalent now with everyone working more than ever before and the lack of separation between work and home. And that is the idea of boundaries. And when, whenever I work with clients, what I teach them is to use their emotions as a signal to figure out where they need to set boundaries. Specifically, where do they feel the emotion of resentment? Resentment is a big red stop sign emotionally that we need to set limits. We have let something go on for too long. We've taken on more responsibility than we actually are comfortable with, even though on the outside, we may be saying we're comfortable with it. And so anywhere doing a sort of gut check to see what are situations in my life, maybe it's with clients, maybe it's with uh, your kid's carpool, for example, that you are feeling resentment. And what does that mean about a limit you need to set or something you need to communicate to somebody else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think that's, um, you know, again, it's common to just sort of when you feel like, let's say you feel overworked because you are working too much and then mm-hmm. you're resentful towards the people you're working with, you know, like, oh, I have to give them everything of myself and I never get a break mm-hmm. and things like that. And then you judge yourself for feeling resentment or you judge yourself for feeling overworked, but I'm supposed to serve. This is what Mm -hmm. I do. This is who I am. You know, (laughs) it's just so funny. It is a cycle. Like you were saying, it's like a cycle of negative thoughts and then Mm -hmm. judging yourself for the negative thoughts and then sort of keeps you stuck. Exactly. Yeah. It becomes self-reinforcing. Right. And so really in the book, what I advocate for is creating a a virtuous cycle. If we're stuck in a a vicious cycle as as sensitive strivers without our tools, learning these things can set us on that upward trajectory where we feel more accomplished, we feel more confident, and that creates more motivation to allow yourself to take bigger risks and do bolder things. And that just, that becomes a positive reinforcing cycle. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I think one of the challenges, like you said, you're a person who likes to challenge yourself. So am I, as I mentioned to you, starting a second podcast, and it's like, what am I crazy to try to do more like when I don't have that much time. But, you know, when we continually push ourselves out of our comfort zone, we're continuously bumping up against these fears and limitations and blocks and barriers. And it's exhausting. Mm. But somehow we keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And many people I find keep doing it because we feel like we have to keep overcompensating, right? That, that we think that that will make us feel better if we keep overworking and and trying to prove ourselves more when actually it makes, makes us feel worse. Yeah. So what, what do you, how do you help people know the difference between healthy striving as some people might Mm -hmm. call it and, you know, overcompensating and overachieving and overfunctioning. Yeah. Yeah. Healthy striving to me, well, is primarily about balancing some of those qualities, particularly responsibility, inner drive, for example, vigilance. So if your responsibility is more balanced, you are, yes, you are taking responsibility for your piece of the pie, but you are not overfunctioning. You are not fixing issues for other people. You're empowering them to figure out solutions for themselves. For example, that's a big part of how I see it. 
or for many of my leaders, you are learning to delegate so that you can do higher value, more strategic work rather than being the one stuck in execution. But many of them don't want to delegate because they feel like, oh, I feel bad. My reports or other people on my team are already so busy. So the fundamental mind shift there for them is that you're giving them opportunities to step up and showcase their skills. So I would say that within our drive in particular too, working on projects that are actually meaningful, meaningful for you, not getting caught in the shoulds. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. This is what other people expect me to do. High value work. I, I did. I just mentioned that. But is this contributing to the impact that you want to make? Is it influencing the bottom line or is it just busy work? Are you just being busy and not productive? So those are a few ways that I that I think about it. Yeah, that's that really resonates for me. Thinking about like not wanting to delegate, you know, it's kind of a lot of times it's really not wanting to let go of control and not trusting. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, with your book being entitled Trust Yourself, it's like also not trusting other people to be able to carry their weight or to, you know, so you're kind of enabling them not to because you're not willing yeah. to delegate, but all you're doing is really wearing yourself out. Mm-hmm. 100%. And that goes for things even like giving feedback was an example I mentioned before where many of us, no, no matter the context, professional or not, we may shy away from telling someone something critical because I don't want to hurt their feelings. I know how they'll re react if I say this. And really, we're trying to control them when we do that, right? Instead of giving people agency to act how they want to and trusting that other people can be an adult. And if they get upset, that is their <laughs> prerogative and they have a right to get upset, but that doesn't have to mean something about you. So it, it is interesting how the book is called Trust Yourself. Yes, but a lot of it is actually trusting other people <laughs> can, can be adults as well. Yeah, well, and I think that's really one of the fundamental challenges is that it can be hard to trust yourself and it can be hard mm -hmm. to trust other people. I mean, I'm recommending the book to people, you know, to read not even related to work because, you know, that getting that in balance with what's your responsibility, what's not your responsibility and what, you know, what is what lights you up and what is what you're doing mm -hmm. because you feel like you have to do everything. Exactly. Well, I think, you know, talking to you is making me realize how brave sensitive strivers are to keep, you know, pushing themselves. I guess I'm giving myself a little reassurance right now, like, you know, just to like keep trying, but, but maybe with a little more compassion for yourself. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Being sensitive in a world that tells you it's a bad thing takes tremendous strength and emotional depth. And what we know is, as I was researching for the book, looking at a lot of future of jobs reports and what are the most valuable skills in, in the professional and business world. And if you look at any report about that, the top skills that are most valuable read like a laundry list of things we sensitive strivers are high in. Things like empathy, emotional intelligence, problem solving, working with people, communication. So it is precisely all of those what you know traditionally has been called soft skills. I like to call them more human skills that are what's going to be needed and most valuable. So that is, that is exactly why I, I care so much about helping sensitive strivers realize that all of these qualities, when, when managed correctly, mo most notably when you get out of your own way, just how powerful you can be. Yeah. The, and the other piece that comes to mind in what you just said about the qualities, 
it's like creativity and vulnerability are high in these, yeah, this group mm-hmm. that I'm one of. And like those qualities are, you know, what among what you, the others that you mentioned are what makes organizations really function well, you know, yeah. do amazing, like cutting edge type work, you know, really people mm-hmm. working to their, their potential and having more, you know, enjoyment. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just really resonating for me. So I'm so yeah. glad that you took the time to come on therapy chat today. Oh, well, thank you. It was my, my honor. <laughs> thank you. Um, are you taking new coaching clients? So can people work with you still now, even though you're have... a world renowned author? <laughs> <laughs> world renowned. I, I don't know. I have a very select one-on-one coaching spots that currently it's summer 2021. I'm starting to book for the fall 2021, but my signature program is a program called resilient. That is a three-month program for sensitive strivers where I teach a lot of these skills much more in depth. So if anybody is listening, I would definitely encourage you to check that out. So is that a, is that one-on-one coaching or is that like a course or something? It is currently a group program that is being transitioned into a course. Oh, fabulous. Awesome. And they can find that on your website? You can find that on my website, melodywilding.com. You can find all of the information about the book there as well or wherever books are sold. Awesome. And you told me that there's free download, I believe, on your website. Am I right? There is. There is. So if you go to my website, it will pop up. But you can also go directly to melodywilding.com backslash chapter and you'll find it there as well. That's the first chapter of the book that actually gives you that strive diagnostic that I was mentioning. Wonderful. Yeah. What a great resource. And that program resilient sounds amazing too. Yeah. So again, I just really appreciate you being my guest today. Thank you, Melody. Thank you so much. Hey therapists, do you feel stuck working with clients who can't access their emotions or name their inner experience? Do you find it difficult to work with people who are disconnected from their own emotions and they may be disconnected within the therapeutic relationship as well? Learn a comprehensive approach to conceptualize your client's concerns. Sensory motor psychotherapy uniquely includes the body in therapy as both the source of information and target for intervention because words are not enough. We all know that talk therapy is limited. You've heard it discussed on this podcast multiple, multiple, multiple times. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you also know that I am a huge fan of sensory motor psychotherapy. I've completed levels one and two and plan to pursue the certification level, level three. And the reason why I love it so much is because I've experienced shifts within myself through the experiential training process and huge shifts in my work with clients through the training that I've received with Sensory Motor Psychotherapy Institute. I highly recommend that you check out their website, sensorymotor.org, to learn about their trainings. In fact, they have trainings coming up this summer. And to view their webinars, learn more about what sensory motor psychotherapy is. It's a beautiful, powerful method that I can't recommend highly enough. So check them out at sensorymotor.org.
Hey everyone, it's me, Laura Reagan. Just wanted to make sure that you know about what I've got going on this summer. I don't think I've really talked about it much here, which is silly, but in case you didn't hear, I did start a second podcast called Trauma Chat which is really for anyone who wants to understand what trauma is and how it shows up in our lives. As you've heard me say, if you've listened to this show, I've mentioned a million times that people tend to think that trauma is something that happens to someone else, something horrific and unthinkable, unspeakable. And that is true. Trauma is that. But it's also experiences that are very commonly shared among many of us, most of us. On Trauma Chat, I break down what trauma is in hopefully understandable language that's not stigmatizing. I know I couldn't have possibly captured every thought there is about trauma and every aspect of trauma and how it shows up, but I hope that trauma chat will be helpful to people who really don't understand what trauma is and maybe wondering, do I have trauma, you know, or wanting to better understand what someone they care about is going through. And most importantly, how to get help if you have experienced trauma, what to look for, how to describe your experiences or how to find the words that, that name what you've been through so that you can then connect with whatever type of resource support, whether it's therapy or a podcast that you'd like to listen to, to learn more about it or an article, another website. This is my hope in creating Trauma Chat. And the second part of that is the new Trauma Therapist Network community that I'm creating. It's unbelievable to say this because I've been laboring behind the scenes to bring this to you for a long time. Starting in around 2018 is when I first had the idea and then the process of getting from there to here has been slow and with many twists and turns, but I'm creating a community for people who have experienced trauma to find help, for trauma therapists to find other trauma therapists to network with and refer to and gather and collaborate and share ideas and hopefully come together in person in in gatherings that I don't know if they'll be able to happen in 2021, but maybe by 2022, we can have in-person gatherings of trauma therapists to provide support to one another and combat the isolation of trauma work. Even if you work in a large agency or group practice, trauma work is so isolating. It's just part of the nature of it. And connecting with other people who get it is so valuable. The participants in my trauma therapist consult groups share how useful they find them to be because we're in our offices doing our work and then we go home and it can be really hard to receive the same kind of support that you give to your clients. So I hope that Trauma Therapist Network will be a useful resource for you, whether you are someone who's trying to find more information about trauma or if you are a trauma therapist yourself. To learn more, please go to traumatherapistnetwork.com. The website is not live yet as of June 28th when I'm recording this, but it will be live by August 1st if all goes well. And hopefully there may be even a soft launch before that. 
a beta version. So please go to traumatherapistnetwork.com where you can find a free download and sign up to be notified as soon as it officially goes live. Whether you are a therapist or just someone who wants to learn more about trauma, there's a download there for you, (laughs) different ones for each group. And I hope that this resource that I've really created from the heart will bring healing to more people. I really want people who have experienced trauma to be able to find the right kind of support. And that's why I created the Trauma Therapist Network. I hope you will join me there. Like I said, you can get more information by going to www.traumatherapistnetwork.com where you can sign up to be notified as soon as the official website goes live, which will be in August of 2021. If you're hearing this after August 2021, go there and hopefully you will find the site and you'll see everything that it has to offer. I cannot wait. This is such a labor of love, something that I've really poured my heart into and I'm just so excited for you to see it. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, please visit therapychatpodcast.com. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today.